0: on everyone welcome back to the king's court podcast my name is john williams and i am here with garrett gartino
1: garrett how are you doing well man excited to get into some more off-season talk after the blues beat the bruins uh, in the next game it's crazy man that they're up
0: three to two in this series after the whole char thing coming into the game and people were like yeah he can't talk uh you know he can't say anything to the media and The media literally gave him a pen like paper and they're like hey like we got to get some quotes. Like, I thought there was no way in hell the Bruins are losing that game, but I am very happy
1: to be wrong. Definitely. He's a cyborg. It's insane the things that he goes through. And he's 42 years old. Yeah, definitely like the heart and soul of the Bruins team. I mean – he, he's like a player growing up that it's like the love hate relationship where you just know that he's a killer, but you also respect the fact that like this big ass ice yeti is dominating <laughs> the NHL for as long as he is. I've always been a huge
0: Char fan. I think he was my first favorite player. That's an interesting back in the day. One. Him and my favorite Ranger, my first year watching the Rangers was Kevin Weeks.
1: I know. We've talked about that before. I feel like people having their favorite player be a goalie is weird unless it's like a Lundqvist
0: type. Yeah, I know. Now I don't know why that was, but I love Kevin Weeks. I don't know why. You
1: always latch onto weird players when you're young.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I love Chara, though. And I think Alex Ovechkin's starting to fall into that same territory as Chara for me. He's a guy I, I hate playing against, but I love watching him play because he's just so big, he's so fast, and he does so many things well Um, that it's so much
1: fun to watch him. Well, I'm hoping that one of these new young kids that we have, whether it be Kraftsov or Kako or one of those, they turn into a Novechkin type and we can have that in-house rather than you having to be a Capitals fan. Yeah, it would be nice.
0: So, Mr. Kako on a draft day. What, what is the draft? Is it the 21st?
1: Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think it's June 20-something. So, 21st might make sense. Because that's the Friday. I'll look it up. And I June, know that because I living. get a nice big paycheck that
0: day. And that'll uh, be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, Friday, June 21st, and ends on Saturday.
0: Okay, cool. So that will be Kako Day. It's a national holiday, so make sure that you get home from work in time, get some nice grubs, sit in front of the TV with all your loved ones, hold hands, sing Kumbaya, and then the Rangers will select the future franchise player.
1: And I will be very happy, Garrett. You know what I was thinking about? It's like... The last few years when we took Lias, like, that was kind of off the board. Definitely off the board. Even when we took Crafts off, like, it wasn't a bad pick, but it was off the board with uh, whatever that kid's name was. Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom, Exactly. Wallstrom was, like, the one that everyone thought we were going to take. But it's nice to hear from management, like, Gordon and everybody, saying Hughes or Kako. Like, there's no mixing or matching and thinking that maybe they'll screw it up.
0: Well, I think after those past two drafts, And they they're in this situation. They originally like after they got the second pick. Somebody asked Jeff Gordon that night, "Oh, you get get a chance to take Kako or Hughes." And, like, Gordon was like, yeah, but we're going to you know, see what other options are out there. And then I feel like ever since he said that, the team has been like, okay, we can't screw with the fans any longer. Like, we need to make sure that they know. Don't worry. You can breathe. You can exhale. We will have one of these two players. And they're leaning into it. So I, I appreciate that because it makes my blood pressure at a normal level as opposed to what it would be like if they continue to be like, oh, we'll, we'll see what else is out there.
1: Yeah, the, the typical management speak.
0: So, we were just talking about the kids a little bit, and just quick Rangers news that has happened on uh, the past couple days. The Rangers signed 2016 fourth-round pick. I'm going to butcher this name. <laughs> Tarmo Re,
1: Re, Re,
0: Re, I I Something. I, I'm just going to call him Tarmo Reunion
1: cuz I there feel like go. that's just easy. You just start doing whatever Sam Rosen would say. Think like think about how he would say a name and go with that.
0: Every time like Sam Rosen says somebody's name that, that I'm just like reading and I hear I'm like, "Oh, crap, that's how you do it." <laughs> I remember like one of the biggest ones was Shay cuz I had no idea how the hell to say that. And I'm like I turned to my dad like guessing Shay's like pre first and I'm like, "Wait, did he just say that guy was that guy?
1: Like Before he came up, when my dad and I would talk about him, it was Skagy. So now my dad's still like, I don't know if he does it because he just like hasn't gotten out of the groove of it or if he does it as a joke, but he still calls him Skagy. I'm trying
0: to think of what my friend used to call Butchnevich. It was really,
1: really off. There's definitely a lot of them, though, where it's just like when when you see the spelling, you're like, those letters. should the hell be am I looking each at? Other. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. No. There's plenty of them. But anyway. So, Tarmo. I'm no. just gonna call him Tarmo because I can pronounce that.
1: Okay. <laughs> in unison, Tarmo. Tarmo.
0: Okay. he's Tarmo from now on. So Tarmo is a 20 year twenty-one-year-old left-handed defenseman. Uh, like I said, drafted in the fourth round of 2016. He had six goals and 19 assists in 58 games. luku of ligo which is a league in finland um and then in six playoff games he scored a goal and four assists so he has definite offensive upside i think a lot of people um say that he could be uh, somewhere between a second and third pair defenseman um so garrett another rookie defenseman enters the fold for the new york
1: rangers Just to add another name to the list, dude, I I mean, the only thing that I think is nice about having this list continually grow is that you know that there's going to be some movement. Like, there's no way they come into camp or even, like, leave the draft with the same number of defensemen that they have right now. Because
0: right now, you have, on the roster, Shaddenkirk, Stahl, Shea, Smith, Fox, Hayek, Clayson, D'Angelo, Pionk. That's nine. And then that's not even mentioning Tarmo, Rykov, Lindgren, Keen, And then, like, I don't know, is Brandon Crawley like a dark horse? So that's 14 to 15 guys who we could be like, okay, I could see a path where he would make the NHL roster come opening night. That's, listen, there's never a bad thing to have too many defensemen, but... The Rangers are going to have some decisions to make, and like when it comes to the guys that they do have under contract, you know the Stalls and Smiths of the world and Claysons, It's like, all right, well, what what are we doing? Like Brendan Smith, there's no way he makes it to opening that. He's getting bought out. Right, Smith um,
1: will be there. Uh, the biggest question, which we've we've said eight million times, is. What's going to happen with Pionk and D'Angelo? And I'm guessing we're going to figure out their news either before or at the draft. D'Angelo is going to get a nice extension.
0: Dude, I don't know. I don't know with Pionk if it's like my gut tells me that they still think he's an NHL quality defenseman.
1: Uh, Even if they do, though, like is he an NHL quality defenseman that's worth signing long enough to hold off the rest of that group? Oh, well, that's what I'm concerned about. Like,
0: I think my head says they think that he's worth keeping. But there's also part of me that's like, well, I mean, they wouldn't be bringing in all of these defensemen if they knew they wanted to keep him. But, like, I don't know. I-, I have no idea where they lean with Pionk. I think it might just be wishful thinking on our parts to say that oh, he's not going to be on the roster next year. I really hope it is, and I don't want to see him here, especially when you have the laundry list of kids like we just talked about. I mean, if you were to make a deal, say you didn't want to buy out Brendan Smith, and like, you don't want his cap hold on the roster the next couple of years, and you want to say, okay, um, think of like a bad team, Uh
1: it used to be Arizona. Used to yeah, send. Yeah, I was out. thinking Arizona. I was thinking <laughs> Buffalo,
0: but I mean they're both kind of on the the upswing here. Uh, who, Edmonton. Look, who was really bad? Like, I don't even want to say Edmonton. Who was really bad last year?
1: The Rangers. Damn it! <laughs> uh, I I don't know who else. I mean, like the It's it, the league. Has I'm thinking a lot of, a lot of, the, of the teams. I'm thinking like is. the
0: Devils are in our division, so it's probably not going to happen. But hmm, Vancouver. We'll say Vancouver. All right. There you go. I although I do think they're gonna be better. Say all right, Vancouver. We'll send you Brendan Smith to get out of this contract, but we'll tag along Pionk and a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick for it, and we'll take like a one year badish forward contract or something like that. I, that's something I would be interested in, just because you have an eighty six thousand freaking defenseman. Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to talk about Freddie Clayson because his role in all of this, and this is going to tie into something we're going to talk about later on in the show. Or honestly, we could even start talking about this now. So earlier today, in the post, Larry Brooks wrote an article, or he, you know, talked to JD and uh, John Davidson, said that all right, my first order of business is not to hire a coach at Hartford, but to get all our ducks in a row with the rest of that program. We're going to completely revamp how we look at Hartford. We're going to go, we're going to hire a shit ton of player development guys. We're going to have one based in North America, you know, one based in Europe. And we're just going to, you know, have them follow up with players constantly and keep on them, check in with them. We're not going to go rogue, um, on the teams that they're playing with, he said, which is I thought was like pretty funny. Which is, well, I thought
1: that that was kind of interesting because I mean I don't know if that had any implications for what the last regime was like, but it, it kind of like that quote stuck out to me in the fact that it's like, what was our role with our foreign prospects?
0: I feel like it was just like, okay, we'll see you in a couple of years.
1: Well, because I know that typically some of our highest advisors in scouting department are like European advisors. So it's interesting to see that like we have such a big presence in the scouting side. But then when we finally select those players, were they not really giving them the attention that they needed or were they trying to give them too much attention? That was definitely a quote in that article that I was like interested in.
0: And I love that they're going to try to, you know, keep a closer – um, you know, I don't want to say stranglehold on the players, but kind of, you know, keep updated, keep New York Rangers in the back of their mind. So it's a team that they want to come back and they want to play for. They're willing to leave where they are maybe a little bit earlier. If that's the right step for their development. And, uh, you know, the Rangers could kind of keep tabs. Okay. Who's the learner? Who's, you know, stubborn, doesn't want to learn. Maybe we could use them as a trade ship for
1: something. And who also wants to be a part of the next core? Like, that's something I've talked about a ton is how much, like, I'm ready to see the next group of New York Rangers form.
0: Yeah, so that's something that I really liked in the article. But the other thing that was interesting in this article was that they, JD said, listen, we need to change the complete and entire culture in Hartford. And part of that is is bringing in veteran players that are going to set that culture and that tone. And he also said, "Listen, I don't want to win a Calder Cup with eight 32-year-olds. Like that's not the goal." But
1: <laughs> that was the one I thought was funny.
0: Yeah, but he's like, "Listen, I want to have a couple guys in there that could kind of teach the way." And that line of thinking, and I keep saying it. I kept saying it last year, nobody listened to me. And they're all dumb for not listening to me on that one particular thing cuz I know I was right. The Adam McQuaid deal wasn't all for, okay, let's see if we could turn this into a third-round pick. It was, all right, we need a veteran defenseman that could come in and show the guys this is how you work. This is what you do. This is how to be a pro. And if that dropped us down a couple spots in the fourth round, then so be it because those couple months that he was with the team, that was the reason you made that deal. And I think – adding the veterans in the minor leagues that's going to have a similar effect
1: well and uh, a lot of people when when we did the mcquaid deal more specifically like they were upset about how the rangers were leaning towards the side of toughness and like quote unquote gritty players but i think that in that same vein it's important to have a guy or two like that that show these young guys like you you need to be able to hold your own it's it's not going you're not going to just get by on your skill like you did when you played against 17, 18 year olds.
0: So my question circling back to Freddie Clayson, is he more valuable as the seventh defenseman or eighth defenseman in the NHL or defenseman in the AHL or the Rangers should just not tender him entirely? Because I think if he was a UFA still, I think he would – there's no way in hell he would be wanting to come back here. But since the Rangers hold his rights, they could either decide to trade him for a late-round pick or I'm I'm kind of thinking that it's probably more beneficial to keep him and use him as the extra defenseman in the NHL or to use him as a veteran in the AHL. What do you think?
1: Well, I think uh, I, I kind of look at him in the way that I do like a lot of like MLB players where he's like that perfect swing man. Where it's like, if you need him to come in and play 20 minutes in the NHL, he can be there. Or if you need him to play 13 minutes because you're trying to get the kids' minutes, he can be there. Or in the same way, he can be a top pairing or a second pairing defenseman in the AHL, holding a spot and you know just being ready to play when he's called on. And I, I... I don't think that he has a spot, obviously, long term with the Rangers, even if it be like the seventh defenseman. But I do think that he is a good player to keep around and to have as an option when injuries start to pile up or some of these young guys hit the rookie wall. Is Freddie Clayson the Tyler Wade of the New York Rangers? Uh, dude, I hate Tyler Wade, but <laughs> but I think about it more like like you think about pitchers, like they come up through the minor league system and say they're a great starting pitcher, but then they make that crossover and they can only handle two or three innings before imploding. Like Clayson shows that he can he can hold his own in a decent sample size, but he's not going to be an everyday guy, an everyday difference maker.
0: So he's more like a Dylan Batansis. started out as a starter and now as a knockout relief pitcher.
1: I'd say that that's shooting a little bit high, but I like that we're making all these crossover comparisons. He's like, a, I don't know, the new guy this year is that kid Nestor Cortez, for all you Yankee fans.
0: You know what's, dude? I haven't watched a ton of games this year. I really wanted to, but I just can't. When I get home from work, so the little shadow and look into my life. So I wake up at five o'clock. I leave my house at six. I don't get to work until eight thirty, probably even later sometimes. And then I work till five. Go to the gym up there to avoid rush hour, and then I don't get home until like eight thirty. So by the time I get home, I eat,
1: I poop, and I go to bed. I'm so spoiled in the fact that like I more or less make my own schedule, but then I also have days like yesterday where it's like a 500-mile round trip day for me and I spend like 10 hours just sitting in my car. Yeah. So I
0: that's I, the I, worst. There's nothing more that I hate. Actually, there's three things in this world I hate. I hate automatic sinks.
1: Automatic sinks? Yes. Like ones that you put your hand underneath, and yeah, they don't fucking work for me, ever.
0: <laughs> Maybe you got tiny hands. Dude, my hands are fucking normal size, man.
1: <laughs> you got burger, the Whopper hands, Whopper Dude, juniors. I got big
0: ass hands. I don't got Kawhi Leonard hands, but I got big hands. Oh. Um, yeah. So automatic sinks. Pickles. Pickles are fucking gross. Wrong. Bad take. Nah, it's perfectly correct take and the third thing i hate more than anything else is traffic and sitting in traffic and yesterday i got out of work early i went to the gym and i got out of the gym at like 5 45 like yeah fuck it i'll try going home and i sat in traffic for at least an hour and then i still had another hour and like 15 minutes on my drive
1: it was fucking terrible you, you got to find more podcasts to listen to. You, I'm never in a rush when I'm in the car.
0: Dude, I just, I hate sitting in traffic. I just, I, I have podcasts and I, yeah, you know, I was listening to a few yesterday, but holy shit, dude, I just can't do it.
1: You know what my biggest problem on the road is? And this just started happening in like the last year. And I think it's a completely mental thing. I've got like pee anxiety, because I spend like so much time on the road, I like the moment I hit the highway, I get worried that I'm gonna have to like piss myself before I can find an exit.
0: Yeah, that's like the worst feeling in the world when you at the pee really fucking bad, but there's like no like places to
1: um... P- pull over yeah. or like any exits. Like, I it's funny without no even stops. trying. Without even trying, I stop at the same gas station almost every time I go on the road. It's like my body just knows. Oh, exit 174. Time to go pee. Sorry, I got
0: distracted. (laughs) (laughs) See, so I'm working from home today, and I I just got a text from work. So that's uh, – What the fuck are
1: you doing? You're supposed to be on the clock.
0: Yeah, well, I'm on my lunch break. I didn't even eat lunch to podcast and talk rangers with you. That's how much I care about this podcast. That's commitment. So – I'm here by myself at home, doing this, and I'm gonna be alone with my stomach growling for the next four and a half hours, just so we could do this podcast. So, all right.
1: Well, where were we though? We were we were talking about the the veterans for the AHL team. Yes.
0: So before the show, me and Garrett each came up with a couple of players that we'd like to see the Rangers go after in a free agency for the sole purpose of playing for Hartford next year. So. Garrett, I know we talked about a couple guys before the show. Who's, like, one guy that, like, piques your interest?
1: Uh, This is going to come as a surprise to everybody, but I'm going to say Dan Girardi. He's the (laughs) dude. Holy shit. Why are we doing this again? Dude, Dan Girardi, he's the perfect person to teach people how to be a New York Ranger.
0: That's wonderful, but somebody's going to give him a contract, like a $3 million annual two-year deal.
1: What the Rangers are going to do, they're going to sign him to a two-way deal, tell him that he's going to be a minor league defenseman, and then he's going to cross over into coaching. That's a storybook ending for Dan Girardi's career. I think Dan
0: Girardi was 37 or 36. He would do that. But I think he still has another four years where he thinks that he could be a – like. At least the third pairing
1: NHL defenseman. Well, maybe, maybe they just sweeten the pot somehow some of that hush cash. yeah I'll give you some hush cash. Um, all right. I, I don't know dude these like I, I was telling you before we started recording like when you look at the list of the free agents, a lot of them are just like players that are either't aren't, aren't old enough to rationalize making them minor league veterans. Or they're guys that I think will get a chance at the NHL before they take a minor league assignment from the Rangers.
0: That's like the thing that's kind of hard about making these lists—just finding okay, who would get who would get like a PTO at best, and like who, well, who like is one like a guy I was looking at was Matt Cullen, but I'm like, oh, listen, he's 42 years old. There's no chance in hell that he's going to play in the AHL.
1: Right, he'll like, be on a contender contract he's retiring. The, the other one that I brought up was Lee Stempniak. He he came to the Rangers on a PTO. Then he went to, I think, Carolina on a PTO. And then last year he went to Boston, I think. And every year he goes on either minor league or PTO deals and ends up becoming an NHLer. But I don't think he's a bad option. But I, I, more, I would see him making an NHL roster before I would see him taking a minor league assignment. So here are
0: a few guys that... I'm kind of thinking. So the first guy is Mark Letestu. I mean, he had a great year last year with the Monsters. Davidson referenced Mark Letestu in his article. He's like, listen, Letestu was huge for us when we won the championship two years ago. I mean, that's a How guy. How old is he? Uh, Letestu is mid-30s. Um, he is 34. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's 34 years old. I think he would be a good fit. Um, for what the Rangers are wanting to do um, in Hartford. And I think with JD at the helm, he's going to give him a nice payday uh, to come play with the Rangers. But we'll see if uh, Columbus is like, listen, man, like you've had all this success here, you know, don't leave us. Like here's, you know, let's back up the uh, mini dump the uh, mini uh, dump truck to your house with uh, some medium cash, AHL cash for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're also we're,
1: we're limited to forwards more or less too. That's the funny thing is that like you can't really be signing many defensemen minor leaguers.
0: That's why I think you have Freddie Clayson, right? I think he's going to serve as the AHL and defenseman.
1: <laughs> I I never would have pictured myself being a Dan Girardi advocate. You are the biggest Dan Girardi advocate to <laughs> but, ever yeah. exist. But I think that now I I see the light and I know that I'm a big Dan Girardi fan.
0: Listen, I love Girardi and I love his time here. And you know. <laughs> We do
1: this conversation every episode now. <laughs> I think that's why I do it is because I know that I can get you to say the same exact thing every time.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? Fuck you. Anyway, um, other guys that I had on the list. We traded one Hayes brother, and I think we should bring one Hayes brother to the Hartford Wolfpack. Jimmy Hayes, he had 15 goals and 15 assists in 72 games with the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, and as somebody who watched him play, I'd say about eight games last year live,
1: He's definitely not
0: an NHL
1: player. I was just about to say, Jimmy Hayes does not know what it takes to be an NHL player anymore.
0: But he, I think he is a quality veteran guy who could be thrown in the top three lines of an AHL team wherever you need to plug and play somebody, a veteran who's been there, done that. I think that he would be a decent player. And he's played on good teams. I mean, he didn't make the playoffs last year, but he's made the playoffs uh, on a couple of AHL seasons, I believe. Um Chris Steven uh, yeah that's a guy you could talk about go for it I mean I don't
1: I just know that he's got that cool uh, goatee and the Gianta brothers have been around the NHL for a long time and he's getting up there in age he played for I think the Islanders this year and he's like 35 or 36 like I said this this is a hard list to come up with but I, I'm just like trying to like narrow it to older guys that don't really produce anymore but they I know that they've stuck around for a reason Let's
0: take a quick look into the contract negotiations between Jeff Gordon and Stephen Gianta. Jeff enters the room, sits down in the chair, and he goes, All right, Stephen, tell me why you deserve this contract. And Stephen looks go around. He's like he pu- tweedling his thumbs a little bit, kind of looking around, getting nervous, starting to sweat. And then he has an epiphany and he says, I have a really good goatee, Jeff.
1: <laughs> and my brother was in the league for a long time too.
0: <laughs> and, that, and that's going to be, according to Gary Cartino, that is the best reason to bring Steven Gianta aboard.
1: Listen, buddy, he's you got to have a
0: good playoff beard uh, to have a deep run. So
1: there you go. He's he's teaching the kids how to groom themselves.
0: He's. They always say there's some players that you know they're just invaluable off the ice. Maybe they mean they'd help team learn how to shave
1: dude you know who the ultimate minor league veteran is connor brickley
0: i like connor brickley as like a that's what i'm year saying keep forward. him around well, I, you know why the he, hell he's not? the frederick
1: clason of the forwards
0: why the hell not you know if you want to do that but like right now the rangers are so stacked at forward as far as like bottom six guys at the nhl level i think you're gonna see like Boo
1: be the thirteenth forward up there. I I think that I don't know if it was on our podcast or if I was DMing with someone recently that when I was going through the lineup, I was putting Boo in every single time, and when I did that, I forgot that we have Brett Howden. How dare you. I but like that's I like that's my how beautiful stacked we are. Friend. That's how stacked we're gonna gonna be at the forward position at the NHL level next year. Yeah. So, you know, the center is pretty much set already.
0: Yeah. I mean, most of the forward group is It's going to be interesting to see if they, you know, move Nemesikov, the they move VC, But it's going to be something to monitor. But here's some more names real quick um, that could be decent NHL NH- uh, hires. Troy Brower. I don't know if somebody will give him an NHL contract. They might. He scored 12 goals last year with the Panthers in 50-something games. Uh Drew Stafford just played a couple years with the Devils. He had five goals and 13 assists in 57 games with the Devils this past year. I think that he could be a decent, like you know, bottom six player at the NHL level. This guy isn't a great hockey player, but he's a great player to have in an organization. It's Chris Thorburn.
1: Okay. I you thought know, you were going to say good, uh, McLeod.
0: No, 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 <laughs> no. Chris Thorburn is a guy that a lot of the players on the Blues have said, listen, he was a key part of my development. So I wouldn't be opposed to having Chris Thorburn on the fourth line of the AHL. I understand, John, he's a goon. He doesn't do anything else. I think at this point, you need guys, you need a guy like that at the developmental level. The AHL game is so much different from the NHL game. The AHL game is sloppy a lot of just, like, weird shit happens there, and it's a lot more physical than the yep. NHL. A lot more physical. I think Chris Thorburn could be a decent piece as the 12th to 13th forward for the Wolfpack next year. Um, one guy that you guys probably won't know the name. His name is Greg Carey. Perry was a has been with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the Flyers minor league team, for a while now. Um, last year was another one of his – he's had a couple really good years in a row, but he scored 29 goals and 61 points in 74 games for the Phantoms. He's like 28 years old, I believe. I spent a lot of time around him this year uh, in my internship. He is a, not only is he a great guy, but he, obviously he's – done a great job at that level um he's a guy that's a very laid back dude but like he makes the young kids feel really comfortable and i i would really think that if the phantoms aren't going to bring him back and the flyers organization isn't going to bring him back i would love to see him uh in a Wolfpack jersey um he's one guy and I saw a Hockey miner on Twitter, he tweeted something earlier, which, as usual, was very smart and saying, Okay, well, if we want to do this whole veteran thing, all right, well, why don't we, you know, make a trade for a bad contract, stash them in the AHL and get some draft picks with it. And if the Rangers and the Lightning could do that for Callahan, make Callahan the captain of the wolf pack,
1: <laughs> back uh, how
0: the mighty have fallen, but still I mean if he wants to play a couple more years, he has a role there. I don't know if he'll get another eight, uh, NHL contract after this year, but that's something that's definitely on the table.
1: All right, I just I I'm going through the free agent list and I found two more that I'll let you I'll say the name and then you can tell me your thoughts. First one, Eric Fair.
0: I think that's very fair that you mentioned that.
1: Oh, shuba. Yeah,
0: I, I mean he, he's a you know he's been he, around for a long time. He's played with a lot of different years. players and a lot of different teams. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world.
1: He's been through playoff stretches, wasn't he? On that stretch Capitals. of Capitals teams, exactly. Yep, yeah. he was a former Capitals? first. Is he on the Penguins? Uh, he was on Minnesota most recently.
0: Okay, he was on the Penguins a couple of years ago. Okay.
1: Yeah, um, I mean he, he's he's been around for twelve years, so yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, he, let's see, he's he's been on. Winnipeg. He's been on Pittsburgh. He's been on Toronto. He's been on San Jose, and he's been on Washington.
0: What's the common theme with all those teams? They're all good. Yep. So, you know, Derek Fair is a fine player to bring into the AHL squad. Then he said just one
1: more. Yeah, and Derek McKenzie.
0: Former captain of the Florida Panthers. Um, kinda does the same Chris Thorburn role, but I like I said, I think there's more of a place for that in the AHL. Um, if he's not offered an NHL contract,
1: he would be he'd a be a great 30, fit. 38. I think at the start of next season. So I mean,
0: it's possible that he could play, but I, I you know, I do my due diligence. I, that wouldn't be a bad signing. Listen, I'm not worried about getting like a dynamite goal scorer, although that would be nice. And if you were to get my boy Greg Carey in there, you'd get that. But you also need those, like, solid veterans that are going to help guys coming over that aren't going to make the team. You know, the uh, – I can't think of the freaking kid that we uh, – the two guys that we signed, the college free agents uh, last year. The guy, uh shit. Jake Elmer. Like, a guy like that. All yeah, right. The,
1: is that Cousins' winger? Yeah. Who's the oh, – it is. Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. And then Patrick Newell is the other guy that they signed out of college. I mean, listen, they get a couple of veterans in there to help teach them how to play the pro game.
1: How common know. is it what I was saying that like you you sign a player an older player to a minor league contract and they kind of assimilate into a coaching role. I don't think it happens too too often. But, I feel like that's something, especially with, like, the, the changing of guard with the Rangers, that we could see we could see some of these older players become a part of the coaching staffs and well, stuff like I that. Well, I think
0: it's, if if it's a player that's in, like, a captain role, like captain, alternate captain kind of thing, I think that's more, you know, you're seeing what the coach is doing. That's more of, like, a kind of like an internship in coaching. Right. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, You're not too far off, I would say. So, one more hockey-related thing, and then I want to do a couple nonsense things, and we'll wrap up. Joe Pavelski's hitting free agency. He's testing the market. He is 34 years old, coming off another good year, but was hurt in the playoffs a couple times. Would you offer Joe Pavelski a contract if Artemi Panarin didn't work out
1: Hmm. I, I mean yeah I like it depends on what you get them for but you always uh, you do your due diligence on it it just What I feel like Joe Pavelski even more than like the Carlson or the Panarin or there's a few other guys that I think that they've talked about it as being Panarin alternatives is that like if you're signing Pavelski you're saying I'm ready to contend this year because I don't think Pavelski two. is going somewhere that he has to wait another couple years.
0: Yeah, I'd pretty much agree with that assessment. Would you give him, theoretically, though, five years, six and a half million dollar contract at age 34? No. I wouldn't either. No.
1: I think if you go I, I think shorter. I team
0: will. I think some team will at least give him four
1: years. Yeah, I think that like if you could get him in that 3 like 3 to 4 year deal and you sweeten it somehow that that's worth considering, but it's just like it's a hard it's a hard sell, you know, for him and for the the makeup of the team. We were just saying how the forward group is more or less set. Yeah.
0: Um all right, you got anything else non-nonsense related?
1: Uh I hope Kevin Hayes does not sign with Philly.
0: Oh, crap. We completely forgot about that. All right. We got to talk about that real quick. Good call. Um, All right. This is my opinion on the Kevin Hayes thing. I don't care. I don't care. He's not a Ranger anymore. Yeah. You know, he, there was a team in between. It's not like he's getting traded to the Flyers. I was never a huge Kevin Hayes person. I was never attached to him at all.
1: I know some people
0: were Garrett being one of them. I just don't care.
1: I just think he's so likable, and anyone on the Flyers is super unlikable.
0: Uh, I disagree with this iteration of the Flyers. I think they have a couple likable guys on the team. Like Sean Gatoria is one of my favorite players in the league.
1: He's so ugly.
0: He's so ugly, but he's so good. (laughs) He gives people like me hope.
1: I (laughs) come on you're better looking than that dude he is he is super ugly you may be ugly but not that ugly okay well that's
0: the the best compliment that i've ever received from garrett so Uh, i'll take what i can get um so yeah the jets received a fifth round pick for his rights um and then the philly hockey people which i respect a lot of them philly has a couple really good hockey writers but they have a couple really bad ones um Sam Carcetti of the Philadelphia Inquirer is a bum, and his first thirsty tweet after the trade, Oh, Kevin Hayes blossomed under Alain Vigneault. He played yeah, for four years under Alain Vigneault, and his best year was the one year without him.
1: Well, I saw a lot of people talking about how even though it may have not been in the role that we wanted, that Hayes was one of the few players that actually did show some true development while under AV. And like, I don't, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with that, but I also don't think that like you can point to AV as the reason why Kevin Hayes got better. Like I think Kevin Hayes just coming out of college took a little bit of time. You know, he, we knew that he had that offensive gift with that big ass of his but other than that, like, I think that he just – it took him a little bit to get used to the NHL game, and he's turned into a pretty quality player.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'll say this about Kevin Hayes. The Flyers have a lot of cap space because they have a lot of guys that are in need of new contracts, um, and they have a lot of guys that are expiring. I mean, they're saving about, like, seven, $8 million because no- Michael Neuvert, Cam Talbot, and Brian Elliott are all unrestricted free agents. Um I think that and the one tweet that Garrett saw that said that sources are saying that uh, yeah, he's is talking to them about a $60 million a year extension. I don't know if I buy it. It's from Philly Fan Life, which is like a fan run blog thing. I, I don't know. I don't really trust. I know people that write for them uh, pretty well. I don't know who this kid is. So, you know, maybe he does have a source. It's possible the Philly media is a lot more, like, I don't know. I feel like New York media is just very, you know, not tied together. I, I don't know how to explain what I'm thinking and trying to say, but um, I, I don't know. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. But I will say this, my last thought on this. Kevin Hayes would be a great fit there. He would be a great fit because of – His ability to be defensively responsible is nice, but also he's not going to be, you know, they're not going to make him a first line player. Right. He might not even be on the second line. So he's like around that sixth or seventh forward role, which is like the ideal spot for Kevin Hayes where he's secondary scoring for them. And he'll be he's, one of their top penalty killers. I think if they can get him to a six-year, six-and-a-half-million-dollar contract, that would be a win for both sides.
1: I, I, I kind of hoped for more for Hayes. Like you said, I'm a fan. But I think the big question is, is weed legal in Philadelphia? No. Okay, well, he's not signing there then. <laughs> he's going to Colorado with you. There we go. So, alright,
0: that's uh, all I really have on Hayes. So, it's time for our favorite segment of the show. And I'm not gonna have, i will just gonna post produce the uh, intro to it, because I don't have it up right now. It is the Glass vs. McLeod game. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> or McLeod? Hey, it's the Glass or McLeod game. No! God, please, no! No! Alright, so, you know the rules, it's, um, damn, what the hell is the game called? Uh, Uh, Would You Rather. Would You Rather, I almost said never have I ever, but it's not that. Uh, so it's Would You Rather, so you get two awful scenarios and you have to choose one of the two. So, Garrett, you either get bitten by a German Shepherd five times a day for the rest of your life, or you have to watch at least three reruns of The Price is Right a day.
1: The three reruns of *Price Is Right*. What? What? That's not even close. I'm fine with *The Price Is Right*.
0: You want to watch reruns? I'm talking about like nineteen, like ninety-eight reruns of *The Price Is Right*. You like it's not something like you could go on the treadmill of the gym and watch. Like you have to sit down at your house and like watch this, like with Michelina, with
1: I'm not gonna lie, to you. Michelina and I, when when there isn't sports on or there isn't like a show that we religiously watch on. We will turn on the Game Show Network while we have dinner. That's a thing? That's a thing, bro. Do, how, have you never had dinner at your grandparents' house? Like When I went over to my grandparents' house, Game Show Network and Soap Operas were the only thing that were on TV.
0: So my grandparents, my grandpa watches the Mets. Westerns. John Wayne movies.
1: My grandpa loved John Wayne. <laughs> All grandparents are the same.
0: That's more or less it. John Wayne, the Three Stooges, and the Mets. Uh, than nothing else.
1: Dude, I, I like game shows. Like, the, mindless television is the best type of television. And I have a I have a beef with German Shepherds because Jabu got attacked by a German Shepherd last year and we went through, like, three months of surgeries and recovery and all that shit. So, like, that, that, that's that got, like, a soft spot on me.
0: But do you understand how much of a waste of your damn time? Three hours on reruns of the
1: front pre- I, I thought, thought you said three... Like- three episodes i thought you said three they're an hour hours? each no the price is right is 30 minutes and then that's only like 22 minutes of television with commercials fine
0: i still wouldn't do it i think <laughs> i'd still take a german shepherd bite
1: no well, it also depends like how bad are those german shepherd bites like are you just playing with the dog or is the dog trying to fuck you up because a german shepherd will fuck you up i'd say just playful all right well, but it still hurts I still I'm I'm down with The Prices Right. That's fine with me. You wake up, have breakfast, watch The Prices Right, and then you watch two episodes with dinner. That's fine.
0: You you can't. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't like watch it with anything. Like you have to like sit down and your entire focus is on The Prices Right.
1: I'm still watching The Prices Right. Fuck the German shepherd biting me
0: yeah well you're fucking wrong all right so <laughs>
1: that, that was that was one of the easier ones i'm coming up with the next glass first mcleod that's
0: fine go for it um and then the last thing so we wanted to do a mailbag but we only had one response so we're gonna answer the mailbag and it is a terrific question garrett so the question is it's from cds on reddit cds yeah like cds nuts
1: Yes, I, I, I can see that.
0: So, if Frankenstein was tasked with stealing yes. parts from all the players on the active roster in order to create a human even more attractive than Hank, which parts would he steal from which players? And Hank, like, we can't take any parts from quest. The immediate response from me is Brett Howden's eyes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've said that many times too, that he's got some really intoxicating eyes intoxicating uh, it's an interesting word for it but okay uh, i probably like hmm i now i gotta like think through the team do you how do you feel about like Zabanajad's hair like he's got that i think it looks gross okay well so all right that i maybe i'm more into like the european dj look than you are <laughs> i'd say chris Kreider's muscles that, I was thinking that, too, but I didn't know if I wanted to say, like, torso or legs or, like, he's just jacked. So, yeah, okay. That, I'm on board for that. So, Howden's eyes, Crider's muscles.
0: Shea's facial structure. Shay's yeah. Shea's facial structure.
1: I want, like... We got a pretty pretty good-looking group.
0: I want, like, Georgiev's skin. <laughs> I never would have thought of that. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, just I want like some like fresh, like smooth skin. Like, so I thought of like the youngest looking person on the team.
1: L- Lias and Heedle both are pretty young and pretty smooth. I know Heedle still I, gets the uh, acne. I
0: feel like yeah, I feel like Georgiev um, gets the nod there.
1: Um, Height? There's no, none of these guys. None of this. What we say is going to be better looking than Hank. Yeah, I don't know. I think
0: it could be a competition, but I don't think I'd vote for it over Hank. I think we'd be just shocked by all the weird shit going on. Um Kako's kind of good looking. Yeah, but I wouldn't use him for this because uh, it's active roster. Okay. Um Mark Stahl's height.
1: I mean, there's plenty of guys on the team that are like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so He's 6'5". Sure. Oh, he, he tips the scales a little bit. Yeah. Definitely Kevin Shattenkirk's hair. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> or lack thereof.
0: Butchenevich's smile.
1: No, just <laughs> pout because you only see him pouting. That's true. He has those pouty lips. Yep. i i I don't know man this is a wild question only people on reddit dude and i cds i hope you're listening to this i really appreciate how much thought you put into this question but it's just like i don't know how your brain works this way (laughs) i love it hey keep them coming
0: like this um we need to find somebody's hair though before i'm not using Zabana jad's hair who's like who has the best hair besides lundquist on the rangers
1: I mean, Howden has decent hair. It's The other thing is, like, they're all in helmets. Do you like the long flow, or do you like short hair? So, how would you feel about all the shit that we already said with Brendan Lemieux's hair? Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, like, Lemieux has, that like, the long lettuce, and so does Hito has, like, a decent mop. Yeah. It just on his face looks doofy.
0: Hmm. Let's see. Does anybody else have good hair here?
1: I'm know. trying to think about the uh, the defenseman. I I feel like I could pick and choose a few things from D'Angelo too. D'Angelo's like he's got that tough guy look. Yeah, I want the Italian gene. Yeah, just Tony like the, the, the cockiness. He, he I want this new person to be to hold themselves like D'Angelo does.
0: Um, shit. Yeah, we could just go Brendan Lemieux's hair because I gotta go, and I don't know who else. <laughs> Work is calling. Work is calling. But uh, you got anything
1: else? No, we're one one week, two weeks away from probably the biggest episode that we're going to have. And hopefully we get a few guests here soon. You know, maybe expand the uh, listenership a little bit. And I'm excited. Yep. So uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. When we
0: get to 100, Garrett has to read all of them on a episode by himself so that should be fun um and then yeah so that's all i got so we will talk to you next time